I too want to greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, it's been good. Um, I I thought about, you know, maybe we should just dismiss and and continue our discussions. But I guess uh, I don't know. We need to stick to form too. But um, I don't know. There's lots of thoughts that <coughs> run through my mind, and it kind of tends to distract me. But the thing of um, we we spoke of of things that are seen coming from the things that are not seen reminded me of a conversation I had with Lucy on the way home last night. Uh, she spoke of uh, a vendor at uh, uh, Antique Engine Show. He had rocks and she was fascinated with that. And um, He had a ring, a finger ring that had a gem on it that was taken from lava out of Mount St. Helens. And <clears throat> I don't know, just speaking of that, um, I just made the comment that man enriches himself by the things that God made out of nothing. The, the thought you know, the, the most precious metals or the most precious gemstones that known to man were actually made just by God creating the world by, by speaking it into existence. So, the, just a, another example of, of things being made out of things that are not seen. Um, okay, so what I've prepared for today, uh, kind of a continuation from the last few sermons I had. Um, I started with the creation of the world and then um, which ties into what we, um, with Henry's devotions about the foundation, you know, the, the foundation of the world uh, in creation and all that. And then, and then I spoke on um, things that took place before the creation of the world. And so today, I have compiled some thoughts concerning the end of that same world and also things after that. So <clears throat> by no means a exhaustive study, um, just sharing some thoughts on that and I would encourage you to to let your thoughts um, continue 
and um, just built on the the little seeds that are being shared today. So I think we'll start with Matthew 24. Um, take that in in short passages um, starting in verse 1 and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple and Jesus said unto them see ye not all these things verily I say unto you there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the signs of thy coming and the end of the world? So we see here in verse 1 that um, he was in Jerusalem at the temple, and the disciples, and I couldn't quite figure out... Um, it seems like a little late in in life for them to want to show off this beautiful temple to Jesus because um, I'm pretty sure he had seen it before. But that's kind of the kind of the gist of verse one that they wanted to to show him the the beauty of the temple um, and. You know, he was not all that impressed. Verse 2 says that, uh, you know, you see all this, but there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Then in verse 3, <clears throat> it, it skips a short period of time there. Because now he's on the Mount of Mount Olives, and the disciples came to him and, and asked him, you know, "When shall these things be, and when is the end of the world coming?" So that is kind of a question that often rises with thoughts of the end of the world. When is it going to be? How can we know? Um, and he goes, he he does answer them here, and. He doesn't say exactly, of course. We understand that, but he tells him what to look for. And, you know, the end has not come, so we still are looking for these things. Um, we, we think we see them, you know. Um, so if we continue in verse 4, um, Four through eight, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and of rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these 
are the beginning of sorrows. So, um, these are things that, that precede the end, okay? And, you know, there's wars being fought today. And we hear rumors of World War III. Um, we hear these things. And, uh, you know, nation rising against nation. Um, the, the thing, though, that, that I would like to take away from, from this passage is... Um, Take heed that no man deceive you, um, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Okay, so take heed that no man deceive you. In other words, keep the faith. Um, continue in, in um, letting the, the spirit within you guide and direct your life, uh, making making that known which the Spirit puts in your heart. Um, and then also in verse 6, uh, see that ye be not troubled if you see these things. Um, because we know that God is in control. We know the end will not come until uh, until God's appointed time. And we also trust him. We know that he will care for us. Uh, we have scripture telling us that we may come to that yet. I'm not quite sure on that, but um, unless the the days be shortened, even the, the very elect should be uh, deceived, I believe it says. So God is caring for his own and um, he will. He will not. Um, as as we, um, like we heard in Sunday school, if we diligently seek Him, and and uh, remain faithful, He will not let us be destroyed. Okay, verse 9, um, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And, be and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So here again, you know, there's uh, iniquity abounds today. Um, the love of many has waxed cold. Um, we witness that. Um, there's people betraying one another and offending one another. Um, you know, there's people being killed and, and you know you, you hear more and more of, of uh, in, in our day Christians 
being killed just simply because of their belief. Um, um, Grandpa shared with me last night a, a story he was reading of in Rwanda, I, I believe it was. There was, this was in the in the 1990s, so it's 30 years. But you know, they were just. I know very little of the context of the story, but but people just being slaughtered. Um, I'm not even sure that it was necessarily only Christians, but um, just vile men. Okay, so so all all of those things um, precede the end of the world. Um, those are things that that Jesus told his disciples that will be taking place. Um, but then, you know, <clears throat> he also told them, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Um, just another verse telling us that as we remain faithful, if we keep on keeping on until the end, we shall be saved. Um, and that does not mean that that our uh, physical, earthly life will be spared, um, but the soul will not be destroyed. Okay, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So, no one is left out. All men have the opportunity sometime or other. And it is not with me to explain how that every man shall know. I, I puzzle over that, actually. Um, you know, just the thought of some pagan religion and children being born into that and, and raised there and never having heard uh, Christ preached. How do they know? And maybe they don't today, but I think they will have had an opportunity before the end does come. I believe that because of the scripture, even though I cannot explain it. Okay, now verse 15, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. 
And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Um, the, the thing of, in, in verse 15, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Um, I tried to, to study that a little bit and um, you know what actually is that speaking of and I I have an, an article here from um, Ligonier Ligonier Ministries um, that I want to share part of uh, it, it speaks of the um, abomination of desolations um, and I think they used a different translation, but I found it interesting, and it 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 helps me to um, to understand to um, well. Okay, so in in trying to you know turning back to Daniel and and understanding what that is and just thinking about it and then I found this article and it, it kind of lined up with my thoughts I can better express that simply by reading this than trying to just share it spontaneously Daniel speaks of a prince who will destroy Jerusalem together with its temple and its sacrifices he says that forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress and shall take away the regular burnt offering and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. Who is him in that sentence? This person who will profane the temple and the fortress. As is often the case with Old Testament prophecy, there is long-term fulfillment of the prophecy and a short-term one. In the short term, Daniel's prophecy was fulfilled by a king called Antiochus Epiphanes IV, who ruled Palestine from 175 to 164 BC. He treated Israel so terribly that Israel rebelled against him, and when he arrived to suppress the rebellion, his forces went into the temple in Jerusalem, set up an altar for Zeus, a pagan god, and offered pigs as a sacrifice. And we understand that pigs were unclean animals to the Jews, so it was very offensive. Not only was this idolatry, of course, but it defiled the Holy of Holies, the most sacred inner part of the temple where God was said to dwell, hence the abomination that caused desolation, desolation for the people of Israel. Okay, so that was a short-term prophecy that Daniel spoke of. 
Now it goes into the long-term prophecy. But when Jesus talks to his disciples about the abomination of desolation, he speaks of it as a future event. He says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And typically in Scripture, a generation is 40 years. So, if Antiochus Epiphanes was the short-term fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy, who was the longer-term fulfillment? The one Jesus spoke of 200 years later. Well, within 40 years of Jesus' words, the temple in Jerusalem was again destroyed. It happened around 70 AD, and this time it came from the Romans, led by their commander Titus. His armies were an abomination because they carried with them idolatrous images of their emperor, and they brought desolation because they destroyed the city of Jerusalem and its temple, and once again the Holy of Holies was defiled. Jesus spoke to his disciples about this horrendous event. That, okay, what I've read so far was not a part of my thoughts in, in what I had studied, but it leads up to what um, resonates with me. Um, and it, I found it interesting to just to read that and, and to understand uh, it, it takes away some of the mystery of that prophecy, I guess, in my mind. Okay, so in love then, Jesus spoke to his disciples about this horrendous event in advance to... Jesus spoke to his disciples about this horrendous event in advance to prepare them for what was coming, to warn them ahead of time so that they could flee the city. Thankfully, you and I were not alive to see such things. But Jesus' loving warning here is still relevant to us. It reminds us that although he spoke again and again of things yet to come, his warnings again and again have proved trustworthy. You can quite literally stake your life on them. Okay, we heard this morning about um, faith not being just a, a uh, blind dive into the future, but uh, the act of, I'm not going to be able to quote it, but, but an assurance of, of stepping into the unknown, I believe it said. Okay, we are convinced that um, that we can stake our life on the promises that that we are given. Okay, so just a few verses later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus presents us with another loving warning. He speaks of his own second coming as judge of the whole earth. He forewarns his disciples to make sure they are living in obedience to him when he comes, which will be at a time they don't expect. So I think for us the, the abomination of desolations is uh, that time of, of evil surrounding us 
described in Matthew 24. Um, and and the, the thing for us to, to um, take action in, I guess, or the, the thing to be concerned of is that we continue in faith, that we lose not the faith. Okay, so this actually is kind of a deviation now, but I would like to speak a little bit on on abomination. Um, first of all, what uh, what does the word abomination mean? Um, and the dictionary says hate coupled with disgust um, synonym of abomination is abhorrence or loathing um, so there's um, in, in Proverbs 6 Starting in 16, these thi- these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto Him. Um, the the German is a little more clear, saying that the the seventh item is an abomination to the Lord. Okay, so. The way I understand this is, okay, so there's there's six items listed. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. Those six things the Lord hates. And the seventh one, the last one listed, is an abomination to him, and that is, he that soweth discord among brethren. So, <clears throat> that is one example of an abomination. There's, I found, uh, I'm not sure where this comes from, off the internet, but all you need to do is is search for abomination in your concordance and and it turns up lots of verses someone compiled a list of of 100 times or 100 examples of of abominations things that are an abomination to the lord and just a few of those um one that really stood out to me if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Okay? 
and we can we can guard against that you know uh, justifying the wicked or condemning a righteous man we can be careful because either either one of those according to proverbs are an abomination to the lord um I will leave it at that. The, as far as abominations goes, there's there's many more. Uh, lying lips, I think. I can't get the rest of that verse, but um, okay. If we move on to verse thirty uh, twenty-three. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also be, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be in an instant. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So there will be no mistaking when that time comes. Uh, and until that time, we need not worry. We we dare not to um, become entrapped in in um, I don't know I, I guess I've never heard someone say that that I am Christ or that he is over here or uh, anything like that but we, we dare not follow that um, there's one more verse I think we'll just skip down to um, verse 35 um, heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away. Um, if we think of of the end of the world, it says heaven and earth shall pass away. Um, but God's word, God's promises, remain sure and steadfast. They they do not pass away. Um, elsewhere, we find read that uh, you know the the 
elements shall melt with fervent heat. Um, and you know, it, it's just gone. Uh, time will be no more. the thing of, of heaven and earth passing away, there's a verse in Hebrews uh, chapter 1 that, uh, I don't know, it's intriguing to me, um, just the, the word picture that is made there. Um, I would like to share that. Hebrews 1 verse, I'll read several verses here starting in 10 and thou Lord in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth we heard about foundations this morning um, in the beginning thou hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thy hands okay they shall perish but thou remainest and they shall wax old as doth a garment and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Um, it's just, I don't know, I just, I just like the picture that gives us of the earth being put away. We're done with that now. We're moving on to better things. So, um, in, in thinking of of all that um, the thing of um, oh prepare to meet thy God started running through my mind and I, I was thinking it's a scripture verse I was not able to find it um, ended up deciding that uh, it, it's a a song with those words. I don't know is there a scripture with that phrase or not. I, I wasn't able to find it through my um, the search in my Bible app. Um, I'm not going to get through this. Maybe I'll skip the the next part I had and and speak now of the time after the end of the world, which is eternal life. Um, okay, let's start in. Revelations 4, verses 10 and 11. Okay, so this was um, things that John saw, things that were shown to John. Um, He says here, the, the four and twenty elders fall down before him and sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. 
for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So if I think of of heaven, um, I guess that is more or less what I expect it will be like. That there will be a a throng around the throne of God um, praising him um, forever and ever and and that without um, without relief or without pauses um, that that is my my understanding of it, I guess, or um, taken from scriptures like this. Um, I think that there will be a, a continual praising of God. Um, and I guess it is my heart's desire that, that we can all be there Okay, in Revelations 21, uh, we can, we read more of what heaven will be like. Um, starting in verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So that is fascinating because the only the only natural light um, we know and experience is what we attribute to the light of the sun. Well, it is Those, the Bible tells us that God created the sun to be the light of the day. So. Um, but here, there is no sun. There's no need for it. Neither need of the moon, because the glory of God lightens everything. Probably more, more gratifying than the sunlight. Um, Verse 24, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Now, <clears throat> that can be a little puzzling, I guess, and I don't declare to have the answer, but, but uh, the kings of the earth, you know, we are made to be kings and priests um, so it is God's people of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it which we understand the, the glory and honor that, that 
God's children have is, is in our minds, a reflection of God himself. So, nevertheless, um, the, the, well, were we not created to, to do that very thing? I mean, we were not created to, to, um, We were created to dress and keep the garden, but we were not created to to till the soil and to um, busy ourselves with with uh, all this work. Okay, God created us to be to be creatures which bring praise and honor to Him. He created us to be with him in in eternity. Um, verse twenty five, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Okay? There's no night. God's glory is is light and he is there perpetually eternally and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life so we need not fear that heaven will be destroyed um, it will be I really don't think that that we ourselves will be gratified uh, that's not the way I think about it um, because I think our focus will be entirely on on praising and glorifying God and and that you know there there are no earthly cares because heaven and earth have passed away revelations 22 um, first few verses just a continuation here and he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of god and of the lamb and of the lamb okay um just the word picture of of a a a river of pure water um, flowing from from the throne of God um, and I don't know just just thoughts that that come from that word picture you know we are we are cleansed by the the washing of the water of the can't get it but you know we are cleansed in in Jesus blood um, depicted as this river of pure water Jesus is uh, I'll leave that in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manners of fruit and yielded her fruit every month 
and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his, his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Okay, so if we slow down and, and think of what this verse is saying. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. The, the angel, whoever it was that was speaking to John, told him, these sayings are faithful and true. Okay, so we can depend on it. We need not doubt. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels, sent his angel to show unto his servants, to show unto the children of God the things which should shortly be done. If we think of, of heaven and eternal life, um, there's, there are many scripture verses that, uh, that speak of that. Um, I want to share just a couple from 1 John 2, um, verses 24, 5, and 6. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the, from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Okay, so if the, uh, the word of God, the, the thing of faith, shall remain in you ye shall continue in the Son and in the Father and this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you and to me that is just simply saying that 
um, that I'm I'm telling you this so that when if you are are tempted or pressured to to recant or to um, to leave the faith to be drawn away remember that um, if that which ye have heard from the from the beginning shall remain in you ye also shall continue in the son and in the father and and that promise uh, is eternal life my time is more than expired so i will leave it at that and open for testimony uh, any thoughts you would like to share? <clears throat>